live from the Freedom Speak studio on AM 1190 KXKS Albuquerque, as well as streaming complete with video on Facebook, X, Rumble, YouTube, and Instagram. This is the Revitalizer Hour with Dr. William K. Summers. Our call-in line is 505-444-5059, and you can also interact with us through Facebook and Rumble Chat. Just look for Becca Marie on either one of those platforms. This show is brought to you by Memory Revitalizer. And now your host, Dr. William K. Summers. Yo, good afternoon, Rebecca. It's just another wonderful gray day in Albuquerque. And windy. Totally overcast, windy, (laughs) cold, miserable, absolutely wonderful flu weather. My goodness. Well, we always like to start off with a few quips and quotes, and I want to point out that good humor is the health of the soul, and sadness is the poison of the soul. And in that regard, never ask Google for medical advice. <laughs> yeah. There are cases on record where one gets a, goes from a mild headache to clinically dead in three clicks. <laughs> anyway, I want to quote Charles Darwin today, who said, It's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor is it the most intelligent that survives. It's the one with the most adaptability to change. So, folks, our trick is we got to be adaptable out there. Yeah. Well, I want to give a word from our sponsor, and that is where to get memory revitalizer, life imagine. Local stores such as Sharon Care Pharmacy in Berlin, Duran Central Pharmacy downtown, Sam's Regent Pharmacy um, in the north part of the city, Best Buy Pharmacy on Wyoming, Manal Pharmacy, which is strangely on Manal Avenue. Really? Yes. <laughs> Vintage Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store down on 4th Street, the Village Apothecary up in Cedar Crest, Highland Pharmacy, and Care Drug in Aztec, as well as Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Doso. Or you could order online from memoryrevitalizer.com memoryrevitalizer.com and if you like to go to California go to lifelink.com lifelink.com want to mention still have a few spaces open in my private medical practice if you're interested give Margaret a call at 505-878-0192 my office manager Margaret runs the calendar and she will give you 25% off the first visit Anyway, we always, uh, at this point in the show, point out that fear is a reaction and courage is a decision. Try to be making decisions. Well, we have different sections in the show uh, while we're waiting, hopefully, to get a call. Incidentally, our call-in number is 505-444-5059. That's 505-444-5059. I'd like to do a section we call Tales from the Crypt. Um, I've had so many weird little happenings in my life in medicine over the years, and I wanted to pull one from when I was a resident in psychiatry in a place uh, called... Hey, Doc, guess what? We got a caller. You want to hold that thought? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Caller, go ahead. Good afternoon. How may we serve you? 
Um, yes, it's Summer from Miami again. How are you, Becca? Good. How are you, Summer? I'm good. Um, I know I call every week, but um, I just wanted to, since he just mentioned memory revitalizer, I wanted to mention something really important, which is I had a traumatic brain injury that put me in a coma for two weeks um, seven years ago. I had to relearn how to walk, talk, dress myself appropriately, you know, all those things that happen. And I took memory revitalizer and um, I'm not 100, but I think I'm 90. I feel pretty great. And I want to thank Dr. Summers for all of his help over these years with the memory revitalizer because it's made all the difference. Wow. Um, It's good stuff. What a great testimony. Yeah, I do also have a question, though. <laughs> oh, okay. I know I don't speak to you very often, so, like, I think of things, and um, I'm just wondering, um, I was told by my doctor to take magnesium occasionally. Um, I'm not sure what that means, and um, when I got blood work recently, my um, magnesium was quite low, so... I don't understand occasionally. Like, what does that mean? That's a wonderful takeoff point. Let me expound a little bit here. Thank you for calling, Sumner. Magnesium is actually in memory revitalizer. It's one of the 36 secret ingredients that make it work. But magnesium... But I think I still need a little bit more just because of my particular... Yeah, Yeah, you have a different metabolic problem, I believe. And, uh, I have hypokalemia, um, which is not enough potassium, and I guess potassium is married to um, magnesium. Well, so. yeah, no, magnesium is kind of its own story. Uh, it is the, frankly, the twelfth uh, most common element uh, in on the surface of the earth, and it is uh, really involved in over 300 enzymatic reactions in your body. You cannot burn energy without magnesium. It's in, it's a cofactor in the energy production of what's called ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is made in the mitochondria and creates the energy that allows us to think and speak and do all that stuff and it holds a vital oh, I get tired a lot is that part of it or? yes it is uh, uh, magnesium plays a vital role in your blood sugar in your heart rhythm in the general metabolism energy metabolism also it's essential in brain function it also controls in large regard blood pressure bone development and repair as a matter so of my fact, blood pressure is now really low now, and I don't know what to do about that. Sorry, there's lots of questions. I apologize. Right. Add a little bit of salt to your diet and make sure you're yeah. taking the magnesium every day. Now, the, Every day. Yeah. The magnesium okay. is kind of funny because its volume of distribution is quite weird. 60% of the magnesium in your body is inside your skeleton. Okay. Uh, 39% of all magnesium in your body is inside of cells. For example, 20% is in skeletal muscle. So the way that works is if you were to do a serum 
magnesium level, it's pretty worthless because only 1% of the body's magnesium is in blood plasma. If you want a more accurate magnesium level, what you do is you get what's called an RBC magnesium, telling you how much magnesium is inside your red cells. And that gives you a letter, little better feeling for overall total body stores. Should, should I ask for that? or? Yeah, um, that, that's the type of magnesium level you should be getting. There okay. are also magnesium loading tests. Those are pretty sophisticated uh, and really rarely do you need it. Deficiency causes of magnesium uh, have to do with, frankly, kidney function because the kidneys are responsible for maintaining optimum levels of magnesium in your body. And in the case of alcoholics, celiac disease, cystic fibrosis, diabetes, chronic diarrhea, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, gastric bypass surgery, uh, certain types of medications, mostly antibiotics and diuretics, uh, can affect your magnesium levels. The PPI is so popular for keeping your stomach acid down, also interfere with magnesium metabolism. Uh, pancreatitis so really I messes was focusing it up. so much on the um, uh, potassium. I wasn't thinking very much about the magnesium. The, the two of them both have the, you know, if you go too low on either one, it can cost you your life. So it's important to pay attention to both of them. Now, it's okay. easiest in magnesium's case just to take a pill. But if you're looking to do it a la naturelle, you can find magnesium in nuts, cocoa, uh, green cocoa leafy in, vegetables like spinach. Um, and strangely, that. there's a lot of magnesium in coffee and tea. Just one more reason to declare coffee a very healthy uh, fluid. They're so. always finding a reason. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Summers. Okay, thank um, you for calling. I really, I thank you for my clarity today, but also um, calling in and answering my questions. Okay. So I appreciate you. Right on. Thank you, um, Summer. Thank you, Mr. Now, anyway, Bye. so I was giving you tales from the crypt when... When I was uh, doing a psychiatric residency, I'd have to uh, man the emergency room at Malcolm Bliss Hospital. What a name for a mental health hospital. <laughs> Malcolm Bliss <laughs> State Mental Bliss. Hospital. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. You know, there was, there was one in Ohio when I was growing up as a kid that was called Longview. I mean, does that sound like a crazy house or what? Right, exactly. <laughs> but the emergency room was in the basement of the... Uh, it was about a six-story building right next to uh, City Hospital. And it was a see-through department. Everything was plexiglass, pretty much bulletproof. We had two aides who were ex-Cardinal football players on their, uh, you know, their their dummy squad. These guys are about 6'6", weighed about 300 pounds, not an ounce of fat on them. And we would get violent people come in and they would be sitting there looking kind of threatening towards me. All of a sudden, this big ham of a fist would come down on their shoulder <laughs> and softly whisper, now, you don't want to be bothering the doctor, do you? <laughs> and, and they would decide to rethink what they were going to do. Well, one day I was down there, and uh, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning, 
And in comes this guy, pretty much buck naked, screaming and yelling and drunk as a skunk. And, you know, the aide looked over and he says, oh, that's Dr. Smith's patient. And I go, what? He said, that's Dr. Smith's special patient. Why, she, he was just discharged this morning after Dr. Smith cured him of alcoholism. I go, what? So we called Dr. Smith, who was the head of the hospital of Malcolm Bliss, and she was on her way down. And the guy was just sitting there singing old uh, sailor songs, and he just having a grand time, just really drunk as could be. And I said to the aide, well, what do you mean it's his, you know, Dr. Smith's special patient? I said, well, she had him here for three months inpatient, and she was doing an experiment where she would, you know, show slides of his favorite bar. And then as he would begin to sort of look fondly upon it, she would infuse Ipecac intravenous and he would throw up. I go, what? <laughs> and then what she'd do is she'd take his favorite whiskey and put it in a little vat and blow a fan over it. And when he started going, she would uh, infuse a little Ipecac and he'd throw up. And they'd been doing this for three months, and it's called operant conditioning. You know, ring the bell and the dog salivates. Well, right. This was conditioning him to find it revulsive to do all of the things he did as an alcoholic. And she had cured him and discharged him this morning. And apparently the first thing he did was go to his favorite bar and take down a few drinks, and then his friends dragged him back in because the cure wasn't working too well. So he was sitting there in the see-through area. You could see the whole bottom floor. The elevator door opens up. Dr. Smith comes out. He looks at her, stares, and vomits immediately. (laughs) (laughs) So what she had done was she had conditioned him to vomit when he thought of her. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And it was a three-month experiment. True story. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> these, the, I call these little things tales from the crypt. You know, they teach you stuff here. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about osteoporosis. I mean, we've talked about magnesium. It's one of the 36 components in Revitalizer. Everything in there is the secret ingredient because everything is essential and everything works together. It's kind of like a crew team all rowing in the same direction with 36 oars. That's why it works so well. But uh, this osteoporosis thing has become, frankly, a medical scam. And I wanted to point out that there was a really rather nice article that appeared in the Epoch Times that exposed it for what it is. Uh, and the Don't whole, you love the Epoch Times? Yeah, they're, they really... Uh, uh, you know, cut to the chase and tell you the way it is. Yeah. Back in the 70s, I worked in a lab next to a guy by the name of Louis Avioli at Washington University. And Louis's contribution was he invented osteoporosis. He actually was the very first calcium bone metabolism guy uh, in the 70s. And uh, I learned a great deal from him. And one of them was this whole thing of... Uh, the fact that the pharmaceutical industry was manufacturing a disease called osteopenia, osteoporosis. 
And they do it with a little sleight of hand and technical definitions that, you know, dazzle the mind. And so they get these people talked into these magic bone medicines. And the main trick is the use of a dual-energy X-ray absorptiometry, which is called a DEXA scan. And the DEXA scan, uh, you know, is, is, a, is a bit of a hocus-pocus thing because what they do is they look at the mineral density of, say, a 70-year-old woman and they compare it to a 32-year-old healthy woman. So, of course, the 80-year-old or the 72-year-old woman is not going to have the same density as a 32-year-old woman because that's peak bone density at 32. As a matter of fact, when you look at the DEXA scan of 32-year-old women, just because it's a bell-shaped curve, 16% of 32-year-old women have osteopenia. That's the nature of the statistic of the statistic of creating a bell curve. So, if 16% of 32-year-old women have osteopenia, what chance does a 70 or an 80-year-old woman have? And so they use this uh, so-called T-score to scare the hell out of gals and get them to be taking their bone medicines. And the first of that group was Fosamax. And a little bit of research on Fosamax, it shows that it uh, has a half-life estimated of 12 years. Estimated. That means if you took Fosamax at age 50... Five half-lives, it's not out of your body for that first pill until you're in your mid-80s. Oh, my gosh. So anything with that long a half-life, you don't expect to see the adverse effects show for 20 or 30 years after it goes on the market. And what it does do is make the bone look denser on x-ray, but is denser better? If you x-rayed a piece of glass... It would be denser than if I x-rayed a piece of wood. But if I drop a piece of glass, it shatters and there's no way to put it back together. But if I break a piece of wood, say a tongue depressor, uh, I can glue it back together again. And the same is true between natural bone, where if it breaks, there's a fracture line that can heal. But a Fosamax bone, if it breaks, it shatters like glass. And you can't put it back together. It's a Humpty Dumpty. And so um, I kind of caution my ladies against doing that because Lou Avioli pointed out to me that estrogen preserves bone better than Fosamax. And progesterone builds bone. So if you use bioidentical hormones, you're preserving bone as well as the magic bone medicines, plus you're building bone with the progesterone. Uh, but let's go back to these uh, horrid... Uh, now, what, well, I, I want to ask you, what about, you know, I've, I've heard over the years while they're often talking about how... Uh, the estrogen, you know, the estrogen supplements, things like that can cause cancer. What, what's the deal with that? That was a uh, bad experiment done by Wyeth Pharmaceuticals in the 90s called the Women's Health Initiative. And what they did was they took their product called Premarin. Premarin is short for pregnant mare's urine. What they were doing was using estrogen from a horse. 
uh, and it's called equine. And horse estrogen is very different from human estrogen. Isn't that amazing? Mm. As a matter of fact, horse estrogen is seven times more likely to cause breast cancer, seven times more likely to increase the likelihood of heart attack, and seven times more likely to increase cancer. And that's what they were using in the Women's Health Initiative. And uh, they called the study because the placebo group was doing better. And then they published that data in 2002. And the result of that is, is most of my colleagues think that there's one type of estrogen and that's it. That's not true. The human ovary is a very talented organ. The human ovary makes 24 different flavors of estrogen, quite a few of which are anti-cancer, a couple of which are pro-cancer, many of which are just neutral with regard to heart disease, cancer, stroke, etc. And when you use bioidentical hormones, um, you're actually using those which are anti-cancer as opposed to the Women's Health Initiative. And so when the Women's Health Initiative did that, what they did was basically scare most of my colleagues into all estrogen's bad. That is a very unsophisticated view of the problem. So instead, uh, a lot of ladies are now going through menopause without protection and they become the incredible shrinking grandmas <laughs> because their bones collapse in the, the vertebra, the back. Uh, and so what we do in my practice is we uh, start them up on uh, bioidentical hormones, which pr protect against cancer and heart disease, and also give you strong bones. Well, the first and foremost target is better bones and, frankly, a better um, personal life. Um, not the mood swings and that sort of thing that come with menopause. Now, I've always been caught up by that word menopause. What has it got to do with men? Good and question. It I'm never does pause. Right. I'm surprised somebody hasn't uh, demanded that that be renamed to something else because it's in some way sexist. I wanted to point out that mad cow disease has been taken, so you can't use that one. <laughs> anyway, so this, uh, this thing with the DEXA scan, they will issue these T-scores. And the T-score is taking a seven-year-old woman in comparing her density, her bone density, to a 32-year-old's, which is unfair. They will also talk about a Z-score, but they don't put the spotlight on it. A Z-score uh, compares a 70-year-old woman's scan to a 70-year-old standard. That's the proper way. What you want to know is what's your Z, as in zebra score. You don't care what the T-score is. Because even 16% of 30-year-olds have osteopenia, according to the DEXA scan. The other thing I wanted to point out is when you go back and look at the literature on the DEXA scan, its reliability is horrific. Uh, it's probably the least reliable uh, so-called uh, lab standard in all of laboratory medicine. It's very hard to get two radiologists to agree upon the same scan. 
So just thought I'd toss it out there. Well, Doc, that's uh, that's pretty much winding down the first uh, half of the show. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> My word. Are we... Real quick, what do you want to talk about in the next segment? Well, in the next segment, there are several things we can talk about. Uh, we can continue on with the fact that if you actually bring your bone density up, you increase the risk of breast cancer. Awesome. Weird. All right, everybody, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Dr. Summers. The call-in line is 505-444-5059. We'll be right back after this. wanting to do a podcast but don't have a studio we can produce your show here at freedom speak we can even do commercials and psas your podcast here at freedom speak studio would be complete with professional audio and video and we'll stream it to your favorite platform all you have to do is show up and talk we do the rest for details email us at becca at freedomspeaknm.com Would you like to advertise your business right here on Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella? Get in on the ground floor with insanely low prices and become one of our preferred advertisers. Lots of fellow patriots would love to do business with you. All ads include free production of your commercial using your own voice or ours. Your ad will run on all of our live streams and podcasts on multiple platforms. Our audience is growing by the day. Send your info to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com to get started. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Do you need a trailer to haul something around? Check out my friends at JP Trailer Sales. They've been doing business in Albuquerque for seven years. Whether you're hauling cars, landscaping equipment, dirt, or your favorite off-road toys, JP Trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs. They have open trailers, enclosed trailers, and can even do special orders. You'll always receive great, friendly customer service, and no appointment is ever needed. Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast and Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. I'd like to tell you about where I take my own car for general auto repairs. Gennaro's Auto, located at 544 Louisiana Boulevard Southeast in Albuquerque, can take care of all your general auto repair needs with fast, friendly, honest service at the lowest price in town. Gennaro's can handle anything from tune-ups and electrical repairs to a total engine swap. E. Tim Young, Hablamos Espanol. Give Gennaro a call at 804-8750 or just stop by their shop at 544 Louisiana Boulevard Southeast. Okay. 
market is flooded with products that claim memory improvement, but none offer credible evidence that their product works until now. Memory Revitalizer, the complete complex natural antioxidant, was formulated by a physician and neuroscientist. Memory Revitalizer significantly enhanced memory in two large blinded studies. It has been used in an Alzheimer's clinic for 22 years. It is safe and does not interfere with prescription drugs. Customers say it's essential. It works. Buy it from Best Buy Drugs, Manal Pharmacy, Vintage Pharmacy, and other independent pharmacies are from independent health stores like Moses Country Health on 4th Street or go to MemoryRevitalizer.com and call 800-606-0192. that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. Welcome back to the second half of the Revitalizer Hour with Dr. William K. Summers. You're listening to The Answer, AM 1190 KXKS in Albuquerque. Doctor, back to you. Yeah, we're back. This is a call-in show for people with questions or thoughts. Uh, The number here is 505-444-5059. So I want to start off going back to one of my favorite topics, and that's Alzheimer's, uh, and point out that uh, recently The Hill uh, came out with an article saying, and CNN, I might add, that there is a testing of a person's blood that can uh, look at a substance called phosphorylated tau and tell you if you have Alzheimer's with high accuracy. And actually, the test is called P-Tau-217. It's an ancillary test, Tau-218. We've been using both of these over at Albuquerque Neuroscience now for a good three to four years. They're great research tools, and they have almost a 96% accuracy in saying, is your uh, CRS, can't remember stuff, uh, preamble (laughs) to uh, Alzheimer's, very, very accurate test, and it's part of the standard of care that we use in our Alzheimer's uh, uh, research patients. So if people are interested, you might want to give a call over to Albuquerque Neuroscience. But also on the uh, Alzheimer's vein, um, we have two different uh, monoclonal antibodies 
that are targeted in reducing amyloid, in other words, sucking all of the amyloid, beta amyloid, out of your brain. And of course, beta amyloid is a marker for Alzheimer's uh, when you look at it under the microscope. But it turns out that removing the amyloid causes more harm than benefits. I always like to say that what you're doing when you have a beta amyloid removing injection, and these are infusions, what you're doing is you're taking the smoke away from a fire. You may have taken the smoke away, but the fire is still there. So the disease is still there, smoldering and burning away. All you've done is taken away a reaction to the disease, and therefore you create more harm than benefits. And uh, these are the two FDA-approved drugs for Alzheimer's uh, beyond the anticholinesterases, which I was uh, there at the beginning helping develop those types of drugs. So, Doc, I want to ask you, uh, I've, I've been doing a little bit of reading on this topic myself and, and my own personal belief about this, too, about Alzheimer's. Do you think that uh, the progression of Alzheimer's has anything to do with people becoming sedentary and uh, not uh, they stop learning things, they stop interacting with people uh, as much as they get older? And do you think that 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 lack of exercising your brain has anything to do with the progression of Alzheimer's? There are probably 50 different causes. If you're a former boxer, you get pundulistic dementia, <coughs> like Muhammad Ali. Um, if you catch certain viruses, you get Parkinson's, which will go on to Alzheimer's. Uh, probably 40% of Alzheimer's is going to be linked to a common virus called herpes virus, herpes simplex. And that's the one that gives you cold sores and things like that, canker sores. Um, And additionally, there's all kinds of things like head trauma, (coughs) uh, small strokes, anything that will precipitate uh, an insult to the brain can set off a cascade of inflammation in the brain that 15 or 20 years later we call Alzheimer's. And so the trick is to do something to interrupt the chronic inflammation. And amyloid is a response to the inflammation. It's not the cause. And that's where the problem has been. So um, let's give out our call-in number, which is 444-5059, for any questions folks might have out there. But uh, I can move on and chat about... uh, issue that came up this week with a patient, and that is, what is gout? Uh, Gout is too much uric acid that actually precipitates someplace and creates problems. If you just have too much uric acid, we call it asymptomatic hyperuricemia. Dogs, for example, chronically carry very high uric acids, but if it doesn't precipitate in a joint, It's not gout. The joint that it usually precipitates in is at the base of the big toe, and that's called podagra. And it is acute pain, very, very uh, sharp type pain and swelling in the uh, base of the big toe, which makes it even difficult to walk. But there are other things that happen 
when the uric acid precipitates. It can precipitate in the skin. It can precipitate in joints such as your feet, your ankles, your elbows, your knees, even your fingers. and leads to little deformities, uh, and that is part of the gout condition. And uh, it can really interfere with all kinds of things, including kidney function over time. The treatment for gout, I mean, gout traditionally, one thinks of Henry VIII. And he ate all the wrong stuff, a lot of beef, and drank the wrong stuff, a lot of ale and beer. Uh, So for a long time, gout was considered the rich man's disease because only rich men could afford beef and beer. Um, But today we can all afford it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, there are a bunch of herbal-type things that have developed over the years, including tart cherries, magnesium, ginger, uh, apple cider vinegar, celery, nettle tea, dandelion, dandelion root tea, milk thistle. All of these things can be used to treat gout. Uh, But in an acute attack, you want to reach for a Motrin-like and a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, ibuprofen also, and naproxen. Then to go beyond that, you can use an ancient drug called coltracine, uh, which is very good at uh, arresting a, an acute gout attack. And finally, corticosteroids is your fallback uh, for gout. It always works. Now, in terms of prevention, there's several medicines, uh, xyloprin, allopurinol, uh, actually divert the metabolism of uric acid, and recently we have had euloric and probenicid. Probenicid is actually a diuretic, the, a diuretic that causes you to excrete huge quantities of uric acid in the urine and get it out of your body. But in terms of lifestyle change, cut down your alcohol intake, lose weight, and quit smoking. Smoking makes gout worse. Um, So there are so-called high-purine foods that are particularly bad, back to the Hendry of the Eighth approach to gout. And that would be red meat, organ meats like liver, pancreas, uh, certain types of fish, uh, including anchovies, codfish, haddock, herring, mussels, sardines, even trout and tuna have a tendency to make out worse. The one good news is coffee actually decreases the risk of a gout attack. People who drank six cups or more of coffee a day lowered their gout attack frequency by 60%. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And, of course, staying hydrated as a general key for people with gout. So we should probably give out our call-in number once again, which is 505-444-5059. That's area code 505-444-5059. we got a call there, Doc. 5059. Yes, let's do it. Caller, go ahead. You're on with uh, Dr. Summers. Yes, I wanted to, <clears throat> I have osteoporosis, and I've been getting reclassed for two years in a row, and it makes me hurt all over, and um, 
what I was wondering is, <clears throat> I've had two infusions. This, I don't know if they're going to give me a third. I was thinking about just quitting that all together. What are the dangers of taking reclast? Okay, uh, I didn't, I couldn't quite uh, hear you. The transmission prolia or what was the reclast? R e c l a s t. Reclast. Yeah. Reclast. And that is that uh, the IV one. Yes, it's an infusion. Yeah. IV. That's because the Fosamax drugs are so poorly absorbed. Incidentally, back on the Fosamax, if I can divert for a second, uh, I looked it up as it's a chemical that's been around since the 1890s. The principal use for Fosamax in the 1890s uh, was to uh, ream out boilers that uh, had a lot of calcium built up. And they would use the Fosamax to mobilize the calcium and uh, rehab steam engine boilers on steamships and uh, locomotives. But the other use in Southern California, and I was a beneficiary of this, is the uh, soil in, say, Arcadia, California, which used to be all orange groves, it was very flinty, very calcium-rich, and so they would plant an orange tree, and they would sneak up on the orange tree and sprinkle Fosamax around the base, and it would take the calcium away, and so the navel oranges would go from these very bitter things, just wonderful fruit. So those are two good uses of Fosamax, <laughs> but uh, to preserve women's bones, not so much. And the uh, IV one is because... The Fosamax is so poorly absorbed, that way you get it. And again, it has an extremely long half-life, and it creates bone that appears denser, but denser is not necessarily better. I would strongly recommend that you reconsider your use of it and maybe go to bioidentical hormones and lean into that a bit. I hope that helps. Thank you for calling. I was going to say I am on a bioidentical uh, compounded cream. It's taken vaginally. Is that the kind of thing? Yes, that would probably be okay. That would be a better, a better it. for your bones and more natural for your bones than the uh, infusion. It's an estradiol type of thing, yeah. But it, it comes from a compounding pharmacy, and I don't insurance doesn't cover it. Right, and hopefully right. they do a little blood test. Well, I mean. What's your health worth? And yeah. if you get breast cancer, are they going to cover that? And if you have a heart attack, are they going to cover that? Maybe you'd be better off just paying for a good bioidentical hormone and not right. having to well, worry about the other stuff. Well, I am taking that bioidentical hormone. Um, not necessarily for my bones, but for other reasons. But, um, yeah. Do they do they check the blood levels to make sure that it's adequate? They have not. That might not be a bad. You might suggest it. Hey, let's do okay. a blood estradiol level and see where I am. Let's do a blood okay. estriol level. Let's do a blood progesterone level, because remember, progesterone builds bone, and estrogen preserves bone. And those are readily available lab tests, and. You know, you say, hey, Doc, remember that the, the lamp test? Can we order it this time? You pretend that they already suggested it. I learned that okay. trick from nurses. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, are you going to be a regular show now? 
yeah, we're going to do it. Yep. I like Great. interacting with you guys, the audience. Okay. You guys make Great. my I week. I was just lucky I flipped on the uh, radio because uh, I used to listen to you religiously um, around uh, the lunch hour, I think. Well, it was plus or minus the lunch hour. <laughs> yeah. We're, I, we're I, trying I to be a little more reliable in as to when we start. Okay. So you're listening to us on 1190 in Albuquerque? Yes. Oh, yes, fantastic. On, on my, on my uh, iPhone. Okay. All right. Well, put the word <laughs> okay. out to all your friends that we're on here now. I sure will. Yeah. I sure will. Thank okay. You. It was a great question. Will it, will it come on? What yep. time will you come on? Oh, uh, 1 to 4 uh, every Saturday afternoon. Uh, the doctor okay. is on from 1 to 2, and then my show is on from 2 to 4, which follows him. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for calling, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Great. All right, Doc, what, uh, what else you got? Well, let's see here. Dr. Burnout. We're in a certain circumstance now where, frankly, the national health care is beginning to worry about these new young doctors they're training have a 63% burnout rate. That's atrocious. And it says one in 10 uh, of 13,000 physicians surveyed has attempted suicide in 2021 oh my that's how much pressure comes from being a doc in this world and they talk about the work hours are not very good uh the work life balance is not good there's little access to mental health you're supposed to not need mental health because you're superman or super lady <laughs> And they just pile administrative burdens after administrative burdens and these electronic medical records on top of you. Uh, and so there's a lot of scut work, a lot of paperwork, and not as much bedside exposure directly to the patients. And that is uh, resulting in a high percentage of burnout, especially among the young kids starting off in medicine today. I'm curious, doctor, when you go to medical school, is bedside manner part of the schooling uh, that you get when you're going to medical school? I mean, I would think that would be important, wouldn't you? You start off rounds in the morning, you go around with the professor, and they will discuss cases rather openly and uh, with you know gloves off, no holds barred talking about what the patient's medical issues are. And that's where you learn your bedside manner. Oh, we got another call. And then either you have empathy or you don't. Caller, you're on with Dr. Summers. Yeah, good afternoon. How may we serve you? Uh, hi, Doc. This is Dave. I was in your office on Tuesday, and I've come down with a really bad cold the day after that. I have a question about how long... A cold is contagious. Mm. It's contagious for the first three days before you become symptomatic, and probably the first two or three days once symptomatic. Once you're into it, about five days or so, even though you're miserable and 
the one that's going around now, you're miserable for a week or so. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, it. It isn't contagious. It's just you feel awful. But the good news is uh, you're no longer contagious, so you can be around people. Well, Dave, um, I, you might want to give a call on Monday to Margaret just to see how you're doing. We kind of, if you start coughing up green goopy stuff, it's time for antibiotics. And well, if we catch I've, it, yes. I've been taking oregacillin. Oregacillin is a very powerful uh, herbal combination of sage with um, oregano leaf. And I think there's a third component. And it almost has the kick of a prescription antibiotic. But if that's not doing it, call the office and we'll prescribe something. All right. Well, I seem to be a lot better today. Yeah, bed rest and um, oil of oregano, I hope, right? um, I probably have some of that, too. I haven't been taking it. Better add the oil of oregano. That's good stuff. I've taken that myself. Okay, and... I'm doing my memory vitalizer and lots of extra C. Yeah. Now, one thing in the middle of a flu, you might want to add vitamin D, probably 10,000 IU per day for a period of about a week while you're covering the flu or recovering from the flu. Also, saltwater gargles if you've got a sore throat. Cough has been a very prominent thing of this particular a uh, bug that's running around here in the past month or so. Uh, how are you doing in the cough department? Um, a little better today. Yeah, I've been coughing some, uh, but not real bad. And I'm not coughing up. Everything is coming out clear now. There was just a little bit of color in it the last first couple of days, and today it seems to be clear so you think i'm okay to be around people and not make them sick i think you're i think you're there good all right well thanks doc if i get worse or don't get better i'll give margaret a call absolutely that's what we're here for all right thanks for calling dave the secret to medicine is in the follow-up because nobody gets it 100 percent right the first time so when there's a little something that's not working, call your doc. Give us a chance to correct, do mid-course uh, correction, and get the job done right. And so it's very gracious of Dave to call. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I had a little topic I was just kind of wondering about, Doc. Maybe something you might sure. want to weigh in on. I, uh, I saw an interesting article on the New- in the New York Post in which it's talking about how Gen Z suffers from menu anxiety when dining out. Have you heard about that one? No, that's a new one to me. Is that a Chinese restaurant with too many selections? <laughs> it could be. Yeah. They do have a lot of selections at those kind of restaurants, don't mm-hmm. they? But apparently uh, the Gen Z, people in Gen Z, they, are, they actually suffer anxiety in confronting someone to order something off the menu. And, and I kind of think maybe that has a little bit to do with uh, the younger generation being uh, too disconnected from real people and real interactions and just constantly being on their phones all the time. I think you're right. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're the ones with Grubhub and you know DoorDash and all that sort of thing, right? You're right. Yeah, exactly. Too many choices. I mean, they don't even like to make phone calls nowadays. They're texting everything to each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, even I think even talking to someone even over the phone causes them anxiety. Yeah, every once in a while I get a text that's about twelve pages long, and I go, "How'd they do that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their thumbs must be so sore. <laughs> I'm not good with my thumbs like that. I'm I'm still using like my index finger to type on everything. I use a little stylus. Yeah, yeah, you could do that too. Anything else? Well, we got we got about two minutes left, Doc. Well, uh, we What's can on report on the influenza. Okay. Uh, the influenza vaccine this year is said to be about 48% or 46% uh, effective. Now, the flip side of that is what I focus on, and that is it's 60, 56% ineffective. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, how good is a vaccine that fails you better than half the time? Why would you put that out? I, I don't, don't, I don't even know how they come out with these stuff. numbers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've personally never had a flu vaccine, and I've uh, when I have had the flu, it's been pretty pretty mild. Yeah. This year, it's a little bit more of a, a difficult one, and several of my patients have seen that sort of thing. But um, at any rate, uh, we'll be getting through with the flu season here in about another 30 days. <laughs> It hit its uh, peak, according to the state, uh, on the 15th of January. The so-called ILI, influenza-like illnesses, the um, state of New Mexico keeps tabs of it, and it peaked on January 15th of this year. Um, well, Doc, that's that's the end of the show this week. Oh, Wow. Hey, I want to let you guys know I've added a tab to my freedomspeaknm.com webpage in which you can listen to replays of all the Doc's uh, shows uh, going forward. And also I'll be posting his show notes on there in case you want to look at some of his references that he's using for the show. So, Doc, until next week. Until next week and when we see you on the radio. And uh, stick around for Becca Marie's Freedom Speak coming up in the two hours. We'll be right back. Oh, 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 oh,